Welcome to The Realist Uncensored, where we're bringing you real fucking issues, real fucking opinions. I'm Checkers, and over there, as always, is MJ. What's going on, YouTube Rumble, and everybody listening on your favorite podcast directory? All right, today's show is The Realist Weekly Wrap-Up. A couple of other formats of this show would be The Realist Unwrap, Holiday Specials, and Important Dates to the Country. Um, I don't know. We, we got a lot to get into today, so we're not going to bullshit too much in the beginning here. No, sir. There, there's a lot going on. <laughs> it just hasn't stopped since the weekend. <laughs> so, uh, you know, one thing I want to get into, which we really can't get into too much, but I'll play the video from it, is um, this lady in the UK confronts a man because he lets his two-year-old daughter wear pink clothes. Okay, so gonna play this video let you guys listen and uh you know we'll uh talk about it after hey so you've come to my house to complain about my baby wearing pink i was just asking really why you keep putting her in pink and not other colors well traditionally girls often wear pink well i think you'll find that was back in the day i don't think it's today i think you can wear any color you want now one one that you can she she uh just she uh doesn't just she has she, she has other like clothes as well but her favorite color is pink. Well, I've only ever seen her in pink, and I think that's not allowing her to have freedom of what, what gender freedom? she wants to be. What she, freedom? What? Well, she be <laughs> She's like... a baby. She's not a baby. She's, She's a baby. She's two. She looks a lot older than that to me. But anyway... Well, hold on you... What's any of your concern? Well, it's my concern because I believe that the world has got better since we've got all this fluidity with genders and okay. all the different types of genders now. Okay. And I think by dressing someone in pink... If, if she doesn't want to be a girl when she's older, she wants to be a treasure or transgender or whatever, then she'll have been dressed in pink and you would have confused her. So I think it's nicer to dress people in all different colours. I mean, she'd look beautifully in yellow, wouldn't she? Let's well, be honest. Well, yeah, she's wearing yellow now. Hey, baby. She is. I hadn't seen she was sorry. But she's got pink trousers on with rainbows on. Now, I do like the rainbow. I definitely like the rainbows on her trousers. Now, that's good. Okay. But, okay. you know. Okay. Firstly, yeah, you're wearing pink glasses, okay? I think you'll find these are mauve. Are you colorblind? Mauve. These are mauve. Mauve. What color are these, young lady? Yeah, she says pink, but they're not pink. They are mauve. Mauve. Mauve glasses. Okay. So. so. And actually, they're blue inside. So a little bit of pink, mauve, and blue. I've got all the colors. You see, much healthier, much healthier for the brain, the mindset. (laughs) Sorry. So, <laughs> I'm just a little bit baffled to like why you're actually here. That's fucking insane. That is somebody that this lady knocked on this guy's door to address the situation. That's fuck. Like, like, who the fuck are you, bitch? Like, get the fuck out of here. What the fuck? That's it's just moving to that one world. Like, at, the people are already in the mindset of that one world society. You can only wear this. You can't wear that. Can't think this, think that, say this, say that. Fuck that. Well, it, all, all it really is is uh, pushing that transgender society on the children. And, you know, that brings it to, you know, the biggest point. Nobody has a problem with people being transgender. We have a problem with you trying to push it on the children. Exactly. The children don't need to be dealing with that at a young age. If they want to start talking about it or dealing with it, they can deal with it when they're 18. Yeah. Exactly. And when they develop their own personal 
opinions and on shit. Like, get the fuck out of here. She's two years old. Oh, she looks a lot older. What? She looks three. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> she can't look twenty at fucking two years old. I what know. the fuck is that? Yeah, you have, you have anything you want to add in the beginning here? Or are you jumping into an article? Oh, just jump in, jump into the articles. We got we got so much shit to do. Okay, all right. So my first one's from uh, CBS News. No, NBC News. Sorry, Texas manhunt ends after suspect accused of killing five neighborhood neighbors found hiding in a laundry pile. <laughs> that that's worse than fucking uh, what's his name in Iraq got found in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> So it says the man accused of killing five of his neighbors with an AR-15 rifle in Texas in, a, in their Texas home was arrested Tuesday after a trip led authorities to a house less than 20 miles from where the crimes took place, officials said. And this happened like four or five days ago when he when he did the shooting. So he made it fucking 20 miles, first of all. Second of all, the, the article I did on this last week. So actually, actually, I guess, yeah, it was a week ago. They said in the article it was an AR-15 style rifle. Now they're saying AR-15 rifle here, so a little little confusion with that. But goes on to say the arrest of Francisco Oropesa, 38, in the city of Cut and Shoot, Texas, <laughs> marked the end of a massive manhunt that was in its fourth day Tuesday. A tip called into F into an FBI line at 5:15 p.m. led to Oropesa's. Arrest at 6.30 p.m. Jimmy Paul, the assistant special agent in charge of the FBI's Houston field office, said at a news conference. We just want to thank the person who had the courage and bravery to call the suspects in the suspect's location. Arapesa is accused of killing five people, including a nine-year-old boy in Cleveland, Texas, on Friday night after a member of the family asked him to stop firing his rifle because an infant was trying to sleep, officials have said. Oropesa will be charged with five counts of murder and is being held on $5 million bond in San Juanito County Sheriff Greg Capers said. I actually heard he was not asked to stop. He was just asked to go to the other side of his house and fire off his, his gun. Yeah, uh, it goes on. Uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't mention any of that in, in this article. But yeah, he was basically in the front yard shooting off his rifle, like you said, and the neighbor was like, hey, Go go do that in the backyard or something, and he just fucking flipped out. Right. And and he and this fucking oh I got another article I won't get ahead of myself but okay. that'll be Sorry. it for that one. Okay, all right. My net, my my first article is from co- the conservative brief. Bobert puts Biden on blast. You're known for sniffing little girls' hair. Okay, Col- Colorado Republican. Representative Lauren Boebert just hit President Joe Biden after he spoke to a group of school children below the belt, and it was hilarious. Um, it, I, <clears throat> sorry. I may be among the dullest presidents in the world because I'm known for two things, my Ray-Ban sunglasses and chocolate chip ice cream, the pedophile said. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. First of all, I've never heard Biden's known for Ray-Bans. No, at never. All. No. A- everybody, everybody fucking wears Ray-Bans. You're not the only person in the world that wears Ray-Bans. Right. But the congresswoman was able to think of two more things that the pedophile is known for. No, you're known for creepily sniffing little girl's hair and for being a reoccurring character 
in Ashley Biden's diary, she said. Disgusting. And what she means by Ashley Biden's diary is showering with her. Fucking disgusting. The Colorado congresswoman has never won to mince words. And earlier this month, she torched Democrats for their unprecedented attacks against Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Democrats have taken their war against the uh, Justice Thomas to another level, imploring Chief Justice John Roberts to now step in as some discuss impeachment while others in the party press for Thomas to resign. I don't understand why he's, he's doing some great things. A a great, uh, a group of 16 congressional Democrats called on Roberts to investigate Thomas for accepting luxury trips for, from a prominent Republican donor for over two decades, trips that by current rules and standards, he was not required to report. The left will endlessly attack a Patriot like justice Clarence Thomas, but say nothing about George Soros's son visiting the White House on what is essentially a monthly basis, Bobert tweeted. And again, what the hell is George Soros's son doing there? Because if you go look at the um you know, the check-in and check-out times, this motherfucker gets there at noontime and doesn't leave till midnight. Jesus. So what do you, what are you do, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you what are you talking about? As noted by Bobert, the George Soros family has its tentacles deep within the Biden administration. Since Joe Biden took office, Soros' son has visited top officials at the White House 14 times. Alexander Soros, a massive Democrat fundraiser who brags about his relationship with world leaders as if he would have gotten them on his own, has had more than a dozen White House visits with top officials in the past two years. Um, ProPublica reported last week that billionaire Republican donor Harlan Crow had provided Justice Thomas with luxury trips for years. Eight senators and eight representatives sent Roberts a letter on Friday to urge him to um, initiate an investigation into the unethical and potentially unlawful conduct that Thomas might have committed. The letter's uh, the letter states that the court has barely acknowledged the allegations so far, the Hill reported. Um, we believe that this is your duty as a justice to safeguard public um, faith in the judiciary uh, and that fulfilling the deputy requires swift, thorough, independent, transparent investigation into these allegations, the letter said. So, you know. The uh, outlet reported that Thomas received gifts worth more than 500000 but ju- uh, Justice did not disclose them over the years. In the response report, Thomas claimed that he advised that he did not need to disclose the trips. And basically, you know, the Democrats are going after him because of these trips. Right. So that's pretty much uh, going to wrap that article up. I mean... If you want to look more into it, you can check it out on the conservative brief. Um, yeah. So. yeah. So my next article is from Fox News, Texas mass shooting. Going back to my first article, you know, uh, against it. Authorities announced additional arrests after four-day manhunt ends with fugitives capture. 
Authorities said Wednesday that additional arrests have been made in connection to the deadly shooting of five people in Cleveland, Texas. The sus- uh, suspected gunman, Francisco Oropesa, was apprehended in Conroe, Texas, Tuesday after a four-day manhunt. All right, now that, that's a different town, but whatever. <laughs> they're, they're, they're all over the place with the story. Yeah, they are. The FBI said he was found hiding in a laundry closet. So instead of a pile of laundry, it's a laundry closet. At a press conference early Wednesday, uh, Lieutenant Timothy Keene, second command in the at the San Juanito County Sheriff's Office, said the arrests have been made. Uh, Keene said he would not provide the exact number, saying the amount is fluid right now, but not more than five. <laughs> there have been several arrests, but I can't go into the detail on that, Keene added Wednesday morning. I'm not going to say his name. You know the guy's name. He's in jail right here, Keene said of Arapesa. I don't think he deserves the glory of what he's done. I agree. He's in jail probably having a hot breakfast when we're out here talking about a keen added. Yeah. I, I, that's bullshit that they get catered to in fucking jail. I don't give a shit what, what the food is. It might not be a, you know, a cuisine or whatever, but fucking, I don't care. You got a nice bed. Yeah. Fucking TV, gym time, all that shit. The Associated Press. Well, side- actually, you don't always get gym time. It's if you get there first. Well, true, true. Because when uh, when I was doing a job paving for uh, um, a jail, that's I we were asking the correctional officers why everybody's running to the gym, and there's only a certain amount of people allowed in the gym. Oh, that makes sense. Because we had to pave the the inner part of the yard or something. Right. It goes on to say the Associated Press citing Montgomery uh, County Sheriff Rand Henderson reported that Devamera Lamar. Nava, 53, the wife of Oropesa, is among those in custody in connection with Friday's night, Friday night shooting. Fox News Digital confirmed that Nava and her booking photo are listed in the Montgomery jail roster as of Wednesday morning. When reached Wednesday morning, a spokesperson for the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office told Fox News Digital in an email that no other information can be released at this time regarding the arrest of Oropesa, who is currently in the San Juanito County Jail. While Nava is jailed in Montgomery County, the, the spokesperson declined to give further details and directed all questions regarding her arrest to the San Juanito County Sheriff's Office and FBI Houston, who are leading the investigation. Jeez, that mug showed up. Mugshot, Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it for that article. Yeah, that's it for that article. Yes. <clears throat> okay, rivals AOC and Gates join to take on politicians investing which is actually pretty interesting that she's uh lining up with gates because later on this week after that article came out she's calling for senator diane diane feinstein to retire or just step down because she's getting too old <laughs> like they but, all but, are <laughs> but but the funny thing is she's a fellow democrat so the fact that she's she's speaking out on that i don't know been seeing some been seeing some things that maybe she's gonna gonna flip because now now she's probably seeing the writing on the wall that you know who AOC yeah oh that, god no stay over there well no a lot Fucking. of pe- a lot of people like um who was it uh Wall Street Journal they're starting to report on everything too like I, I know it's two one, one's a media outlet and one's you know um in Congress and right. rap but uh um a lot of a lot of the leftist people or media outlets are starting to flip now because the writing's on the wall. Yeah, I mean like, it's like, it's been on the wall but well, yeah. yeah, but the 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 ship's sinking. Yeah, it so, is. So um we'll get into the article. Um 
AOC and Matt Gates teamed up on Tuesday to introduce legislation that bans financial investment investments by uh, members of Congress, spouses, and dependents, the Daily Mail has reported. The progressive Democrat and conservative Republican joined moderate Pennsylvania GOP rep Brian Fitzpatrick, co-chair of the Problem Solvers Caucus, as well as California Democrat rep Raj uh, whatever the fuck his last name is, <laughs> to present the legislation called the Restoring Faith in Government Act. The fact that members of the Progressive Caucus and Freedom Caucus and, Bipart- and the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus, reflecting the entire um, entirety of the political spectrum, can find common ground on key issues like this should... Send a powerful message to America, Fitzpatrick said. Um, AOC added that when members have access to classified information, we should not be trading in, st- in the stock market on it. It's, <clears throat> it's really that simple. Gates, who has frequently sparred with AOC over years, said the legislation was necessary because members of Congress are spreading Uh, Spending their time trading futures instead of securing the future of fellow Americans. We cannot allow the swamp to prioritize investing in stocks over investing in our country. Many hoped for stock ban legislation last Congress after reports revealed hundreds of lawmakers regularly trade stocks directly related to their work in Congress. Of the 435 House members, 183 uh, traded stocks through themselves or their immediate family members from 2019 to 2021, according to the New York Times reported from September. At least 97 brought, I mean, bought or sold stocks, bonds, or other financial assets through themselves or their spouses that directly uh, intersected with their congressional work. The trades and trades that intersect with Committee work are split evenly on partisan lines, 49 Republicans and 48 Democrats. This included last July when Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, bought $5 million in semiconductor chip stock days before the House vote that handed $52 billion to the semiconductor producers. Following... Um, publicity of the purchase, he sold the shares at a loss to avoid the appearance of conflict of interest. However, despite the pressure of legislation, a bill to ban congressional stock trades in the previous Democrat-led House did not come up for vote. Yeah, because they, they were they were taking their, their inside knowledge and fucking buying stocks to get rich. Right. And I, I definitely support this bill 100%. I do too. And even even if AOC is involved, right? <laughs> it is it is weird to be aligned with AOC because it, we've just we've been against her for far, fucking almost like every step of the way. But um, I do think that that's a good step in the right direction. But I think within that bill, they need to it needs to not just be that person. It needs to be any any time anything that that person's also in um influenced with like. That congresswoman, the congressperson, um, if they own a business over here, you know what I mean? They, well, it's, they pretty, can, it's pretty much cover, cover, covering like everything they're tied to, like oh, fam, good. family members, nice, um, all that. So nice. That's in the bill. So hopefully that goes through and you'll stop seeing all these fucking 
politicians go in with like a $50,000 salary and leaving with a $50 million fucking um, amount, you know, the amount of money. Yeah, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi actually did that a few years ago. She invested in an oil company when she has never invested in oil. Yeah. She invested a million dollars in some like almost startup oil company or something like that. And it, the, the the shares like doubled or tripled. And so obviously she made fucking good amount of money from it. Yeah. So that wraps up that article. You can, you can uh, go into your next. All right. My next one's from Fox News. Jeffrey Epstein calendar reveals appointments with Woody Allen, former Clinton administration official and ex-Israeli PM. I'm not sure what the PM stands for, but that's what the headline says. A trove of documents that were reported that were in the possession of disgraced financier and convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein reportedly shows he interacted with people who included a former Israeli oh prime minister. That's what PM yeah, is. Yeah, I just I just looked it up for you. <laughs> I was going to say that a former Treasury secretary, a high powered fi- uh, other high powered fi- financiers, and Woody Allen. And some people not, might not know who Woody Allen is. He was an actor and also um, producer. Um, back in the day, the documents revealed Epstein scheduled meetings with former treasury secretary and Harvard president, Emeritus Lawrence Summers, billionaire LinkedIn founder, Reed Hoffman, former Israeli prime minister, Ehud Barak, Apollo global management co-founder, Leon Black and others, according to the wall street journal, the thousands of pages detailing uh, Epstein's emails and schedules were reported Reportedly from 2013 to 2017, so only four years, but this guy was doing it for decades, which encompasses a period of Epstein after Epstein was jailed in 2008 after pleading guilty to charges of solicitation, including soliciting a minor. The journal noted that it was unable to prove if all the scheduled meetings with powerful figures occurred or what their purpose was, but the majority of people uh, report the majority of people reporters spoke to said they may, they met Epstein for donations or to make powerful connections. Summers, who served as uh, Treasury Secretary under former President Bill Clinton from 1999 to 2001, reportedly sought out Epstein's, quote-unquote, small-scale philanthropy advice in April 2014 for his attempt to raise $1 million for an online poetry project his wife, his wife Elsa knew a Harvard American literature professor was working on. The two subsequently met for dinner in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and then they continued to meet even after Harvard University stopped accepting Epstein's donations, according to the journal. Tax records report, reported by the outlet indicate that Epstein linked prof, nonprofit donated $110,000 to New Poetry's nonprofit in 2016. A spokesperson for the couple told the journal that Summers deeply regretted being in contact with Epstein after his conviction and that his wife's nonprofit regrets uh, accepting funding from Epstein. And that made it a donation exceeding the amount received to a working group against sex trafficking. Neither Summers nor New immediately responded to Fox News Digital's request for comment. Billionaire internet entrepreneur and LinkedIn co-founder Hoffman once visited Epstein's Caribbean island, Little St. James, and planned to stay at his New York City townhouse in 2014, according to the outlet. Hoffman reportedly attempted to raise money for the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, or MIT, with Joy Ito, who was serving at the time as the media lab director at the school. 
Reed attended a few a uh, few fundraising events at my request, including one trip to Little St. James after I confirmed to Reed that Mr. Epstein had been an approved donor target for MIT in accordance with the university rules and regulations, Ito told the journal. After Epstein's arrest in 2019, Ito apologized for accepting any of Epstein's money and resigned from his position at MIT Media Lab. The school subsequently donated $850,000 to nonprofits that aid sexual abuse survivors. That's pretty good. Hoffman apologized for the meeting in an email to the journal. It gnaws me at that by lending my association. It I helped his reputation and thus delayed justice for his survivors, he wrote. While I relied on MIT's endorsements, ultimately I made the mistake and I am sorry for my personal misjudgment. Fox News Digital has reached out to Hoffman for further comment. Uh, actor and director Allen, uh, Woody Allen was scheduled to meet with Epstein nearly every month in 2014 and 2015, according to the outlet. And the fin- financier invited him regularly to dinner parties at his New York City home where they were neighbors. A spokesman Spokesperson for Allen maintained to the outlet that the filmmaker never had a business meeting with Epstein and that the dinner parties were always in, always included other guests. The documents also reportedly showed former Israeli Prime Minister Barack dozens of flights on Epstein's private jet and visits to his mansion. Uh, and it goes on further if you want to if you want to read more about it. It's you know it's on Fox News. Well, that's great that came out and everything, but the the actual list needs to come out of who is visiting the island. Everything, yeah, everything and, needs and, to come and, out, and the tapes need to be released because um, Epstein actually recorded everything on that island and in his New York City mansion. Yep, in every room. Yeah, and why would you do that? Exactly. No, why would you record all that blackmail? Yeah. And what, what, what would somebody not want to get out? You that, with an underage, you know, not you specifically, but whoever's going, that person, to, right. yeah, whoever's going to Epstein's island or house, you know, and, you know, it, it probably goes deeper because, you know, all these people in the government that were getting these videos taken of them and then Epstein showing up and being like, hey, you're going to have to do what I want. Yep. or this is getting released, we're probably like, hey, okay, well, all right, I understand what you're doing here, but I need you to do this to this person so I can get some fucking blackmail on them to get them to pass this bill or donate this amount of money. Exactly. So it's a, it's a pretty sick cycle, and all the information needs to come out, and every single person on that list needs to be held accountable, and it's not just sitting rot in a jail cell. No, no. They, uh, they, this has been going on for way too long, um, that shit needs to just, it just needs to come out. Um, and it's just, it's really suspicious and it just points more to the fact that there were some high powerful, high powerful, uh, people that were involved in that. Like you said, like FBI, CIA, like whoever, I think, I think there's hundreds of thousands of people that, that are on that and they're burying it because they don't want to be exposed to it. Yeah. No, I think, I think, I think it needs to be, the shit needs to be, uh, be out there. And just like another person that needs to release the inf- all the information they have and stop doing it because it kind of it's starting to look like a publicity thing is how Elon Musk, it's great that he, what he's doing with Twitter, but how he slowly released the Twitter files like day by day or week by week. He's probably got a shitload more information. Get it the fuck out there. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah. don't just, you know, 
little by little. Like just fucking put it out there. Put it out there because every, every, especially with him, everybody's gonna fucking be like, "Great job!" You know, nobody's gonna turn on him and be like, "Oh yeah, look at this piece of shit now." Right. Your 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 publicity is probably gonna go through the fucking roof now. Yeah. Because you released all that, and whoever releases has enough balls to release the fucking shit on uh, Epstein because there's plenty of people. Mm. So yeah. Does that wrap it up for your article? That wraps it up. Okay. I'm going to bring it into this, my next article, which is from Outkick. Bud Light sales getting worse by the week as Miller and Coors take off. (laughs) Bud Light sales continue to sink like a brick as Dylan Mulvaney, who has a dick, fallout nears its one-month anniversary. Congrats to the happy couple. (laughs) The latest numbers are in, and the folks over at Anheuser-Busch may want to look away. According to Beer Business Daily, I I really want to figure that (laughs) out. Do they just talk about beer? I got to look into that. Bud Light's off-premise sales volume, the amount of beer sold outside the restaurants and bars was down 26.1% from a year earlier in the week ending uh, April 22nd. That's even worse than the 21.1% decrease from the prior week, while Bud Light numbers are now down 8% this year. This above figures uh, include sales at grocery stores, convenience stores, and liquor stores. The shocking um, thing about Bud Light's blue market share continued uh, apace through the third week of April. The actual, sh- um, and actually somehow worsened. We, we've never seen such a dramatic shift in national share in such a short period of time. Beer Business Daily wrote on its website. Well, the reason you're seeing it is because people, dominantly every American is not with this shit. Right. There's a small group that the media wants to push out there and everybody thinks that's this massive group. Well, you know what? As Americans, we are now seeing how many people are on our side or everybody else's side that's speaking out against this shit because nobody is drinking fucking Anheuser-Busch products. I love it. I do too. And it needs to continue. I saw a video online of um, a couple went into a liquor store or a grocery store and they went to go pick up their beer and fucking all the Anheuser-Busch products fucking full slam. They got like little pallet displays out there on the floor and the husband decides to go, okay, this one, Bush, Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch, you know, continues down the line of all the Anheuser-Busch products full. Then he gets uh, to an empty slot. He goes, oh, this one's Coors (laughs) or this one's, you know, Miller Light. So Bud Light sales down nearly 30% as Miller and Coors light up, light go up. Don't hold back business. Uh, Beer Business Daily, never a great way to start your week when you read beer experts call this the most dramatic shift in in a national share they've ever seen. Um, And you thought Bruins fans were having a rough Monday? (laughs) 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 But hey, maybe all the beer sales are down, right? Could be. It ain't. It ain't uh, a great economy, you know? Just kidding. The The same report um, paints a much greener picture for folks at Miller or Coors. 
Um, the trade publication and data provided for both uh, for Coors volume was up 13.3% the third week of April. And for Miller, volume rose 13.6%. Again, not great. The plummeting numbers come just after Anheuser-Busch is, um, essentially held an all-hand meeting to try and steady their ship. Reports last week indicate that Bud Light was planning a massive marketing blitz to combat misinformation in the wake of Dick Swing and Dylan Mulvaney's partnership while also vowing to have a better screening process for future products. Apparently, they um, they started after the beer's chain's newest commercial, which debuted during the Thursday NFL draft and was widely panned for its obvious 180 degree shift. Can't wait to see what's next. All right, well, I'll tell you what's next because this article just popped up and I gotta talk about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anheuser-Busch walks back Mulvaney partnership as one single can. That's, that's all it was. No, it was a six pack, but okay. MJ's official statement. Yes. Anheuser-Busch is speaking directly to its customers and distributors, stating all the chaos st stemming from this partnership with transgender influencer Dick Swingin' Dylan Mulvaney is the product of one single can. That's it. Just one can. You guys are losing your mind over one can. Can you believe that? You know what? Because it starts with one fucking can. Right. The brewery shared a message with wholesalers addressing the backlash, ravaging the brand, and nosediving sales, according to the report. This was one single can given to a social media media influencer. The letter states, okay, if you wanted to give a can to somebody, give it to a real fucking woman. Yeah, give it to a real woman, a real American, a real patriot, because that's what your business is. Well, That's not, what it uh, 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 th th This moron is an American, but I, I do I do understand mm. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, <laughs> you don't want to confuse people. <laughs> <laughs> it was not made for production or sale to the general public. This can is not formal campaign or advertisement. No, it is because you sent him a can with his face on it, so he could make fucking TikToks with his face on a can. What is that for? That is for marketing. Yep. Why would you do that? So hopefully you can sell more beer because now you got an influencer bragging about how their face is on the fucking can. I'm sorry. I'm a fucking truck driver who looks out a windshield all day and I can see through this bullshit. Exactly. You know, Bush. Yeah. Okay. Um, the letter to the wholesalers was shared with local restaurants, bars, and retailers throughout the country by Missouri-based distributor Gray Eagle and the report noted Gray Eagle distributors and Heiser Bush products, including Bud Light in the greater St. Louis area, included um, included a cover letter to Anheuser Busch. Okay. Anheuser Busch did not intend to create controversy or make uh, or make a public statement, the letter read. Yeah, they didn't plan on controversy because the company had some stupid fucking idiot in there uh, who thought Everybody was with this woke transgender shit, and that's not what it is. Nope. And I don't know why you would think beer drinkers are with that. I know. <laughs> Need to get your head checked out. In reality, Bud Light can uh, Bud Light can post 
by social media influencer that sparked all the controversy was provided by an outside agency without Anheuser-Busch's management awareness or approval. Now it's an outside agency. I thought it was the VP of marketing. It was. Since that time, the lack of oversight and control over marketing decisions has been addressed by the new VP of Bud Light Marketing has announced when looking at week of April 17th to April 22nd, Bud Light sales went down 26.1%, like the last article said. Right. Okay. And real quick, uh, this one's from the Washington Examiner, so I'm not making this up. <laughs> from, <laughs> from what it was a year ago in the financial... Um, battering of the iconic beer brand comes as conservatives throughout the United States continue to boycott Anheuser-Busch products and they will continue to boycott it because this shit needs to stop and you know what to all you other companies that are watching this if you had this as a plan you better toss that in the fucking trash or you're going to be just like them many many of the right are furious about Bud Light going woke and allowing Dick Swinging Mulvaney, a biological man who identifies as a female. No, he identifies as a preteen girl. Right. So what do you think that is? So if he identifies as a preteen girl, this is getting a little off subject, but if he identifies as a preteen girl, who do you think he, he wants to date? Exactly. Preteen boys. Yep. So pedophile? Yep. Pedophile? Yep. I think so. See? To promote its product while dressed like Audrey Hepburn from Breakfast at Tif- Tiffany's. Sorry, I spit on my computer. The, <laughs> <laughs> the move to partner with transgender activists appears to have been a part of a push by executives to evolve and elevate Bud Light. Why would you need to evolve and elevate Bud Light? Because as far as I'm concerned, I'm not even a drinker. And I know whenever somebody walked into a liquor store or a fucking bar or somewhere, dominantly they were getting Bud Light or walking out of the liquor store with Bud Light. Yep. It, it it was a fact. Yep. Like if you said, hey, going to the liquor store, what do you want? Bud Light or Budweiser. It was an Anheuser-Busch product. Your last VP, I think it was Alyssa. I, I don't know her fucking last name. Yeah, I don't know. But um, she fucked this all up. Okay. Yep. And Bud Light, you guys need to come out and say, hey, we fucked up. Not keep fucking trying to sweep it under the rug with all these stupid fucking excuses. Exactly. Bud Light. Uh, um evolved Bud Light, but it has come at a great cost to both Anheuser-Busch's bankroll and public image. And at last, two senior marketing executives have been forced to take leave of absence. No, just say they fucking got fired. Jesus Christ. Former Anheuser-Busch chief creative officer Robert Lackey left the company in 2009, and he has publicly criticized Bud Light's partnership with Dick Swing and Mulvaney, the report noted. The minute you step into political or religious spectrum, when you know the target audience is going to have a real issue with this, you know you've alienated at least half of your target audience, he said. Fucking agree. Yep. None of these marketing folks um, folks has ever been to a NASCAR race. None, ha- uh, none has been to a football game or a rodeo. That's uh, insanity. This marketing uh, incompetence. And that's who's drinking a lot. Dude, like I've been to a NASCAR race or I've been to an NHRA race. Dude, especially at NASCAR. 
People are fucking hammered. Dude. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and it's all, they're, they're like, they're, they're double fist and Bud Lights. They got their buddy double fist and Bud Lights. helmets yeah. on. Yeah, dude. It, it's a, dude, people are passing out in the stands, like getting a crazy sunburn because right. they, they haven't moved in fucking an hour. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's good people watching. I think it's hilarious. Oh, and, yeah. and then you got the race going on and then football. Yeah, people, people, Bud Light. Yeah, uh, I've never been to a rodeo, but I can imagine because Bud Light, uh, if you were flipping through back when we were kids, you know, ESPN or ESPN2 used to have like the rodeo and you'd see the big Budweiser logo yep. in, the, in the fucking uh, rodeo arena. Yep. It, sorry if that that's not what you call it. I, I don't know. I'm just, I, you know, <laughs> but um, Bud Light fucked up. Well, not Bud Light, Ian Heiser-Busch. And um, like you said, I, great job as as Americans because you know what it, it wasn't just oh I'm gonna boycott this and it's been a week no you guys are fucking everybody that drinks that product is fucking holding the line right they drew a line in the sand and they're like no we're not for this and that's great and and this just shows um this actually shows the government and they should pay attention to this because we're coming to a tipping point with this whole transgender shit and censorship shit. Um, what, what needs to happen is just like with Anheuser-Busch, we need to boycott other things like TikTok because they're, they're censoring and pushing the transgender shit. And like you said, it's a fucking, it's a 3% of the, of the Americans. That's it. And, and the 3% is taking over the whole country. It's like that, that one bad apple ruins the bunch and that's going to be the downfall of the United States. Yeah. And then, then. I, I, I don't know this from personal experience, but maybe you can answer this. After a certain point, do you even taste the beer? No. Okay. Yeah, so, you have to be pretty deep in, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You so just, like you just it, start it, it, Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really matter once you get past what the first like couple beers? Uh well for, for depends on who you are, but for me probably Probably after like the sixth or seventh beer is Okay, well you're not an alcoholic. So but no. like most people it's like what fucking um. Yeah. That, yeah. That, probably that, like two, three, maybe four. Well, that beers. that would mean you're not an alcoholic too. So I mean, yeah. I mean, you. I you, just have a high tolerance. Yeah. So like, well, I've I've hung out with people that fucking need like fucking twelve, fifteen beers just to get a buzz. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But that that wraps it up for that article. All uh, right. Continue drinking our uh, Coors and Miller Light. Yes. We support it. Yes. So my next one is Fox News. <laughs> 2011 emails reveal Hunter Biden helped business associates get access to VP Biden, top aide. This guy is the guy with the magic paper that you had me that you had me meet with v, with VP Biden's deputy chief staff said in 2012 email to Hunter Biden. President Joe Biden and his deputy chief of staff have appeared to have met with three of Hunter Biden's business associates, at least one of whom was a foreign, foreign national at the White House in the summer of 2011 when he was the vice president, according to emails and White House visitor logs reviewed by Fox News Digital. At the time of the meeting, Hunter was trying to secure a deal with those associates in bonds worth billions of dollars. In 2011, Hunter Biden and his business partner, Rose Rosemont Seneca Partners, or RSP, co-founded Devon Archer, a co-founder Devon Archer, were in talks with Sean Con uh, Conlon, 
the future CNBC, the deed co-host and founder of Colin and Company about a potentially lucrative business opportunity if Hunter would be able to secure a meeting with between his father and two of Colin's associates, Andre Lasser and Wang, who is identified as Z Wang in the visitor log. Earlier energy, earlier energy executive David Gamperl had emailed Conlin on a contract that was set to him by Nagi Gawi, chairman, president of since dissolved mercantile investment group in the West Indies. What was that name again? <laughs> Na- <laughs> <laughs> Nagi Gawi. <laughs> is that the correct pronunciation? It, yeah. Oh, okay. You kn- do you know him? You met him? No. God, or no. her? No. Or her? No. 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 <laughs> it is ma'am. <laughs> uh, which Gamperl said he had a real business model here and would help them make a substantial profit. Here is the current contract Gamper wrote on Conlin on two, uh, June 22nd, 2011. Proof of funds are in place and we may close this week. It has been a challenge in the management of procedures but I think we have it now. We will make substantial profit in this on this deal, but market is between 230 and 380 million dollars. I'm trying to close this bond immediately as it opens up the floodgates on 29 other bonds that I have less hair and more much more value. I will also forward you a copy of the bond verification from the Pareto, who is a government official who inspects in on the authenticity of the bond. Good stuff, and I think we have a real business model here. Good for you. Despite forwarding this email to Hunter Biden and Devon Archer, Conlin said, I know absolutely nothing about that. In a Monday email to the Fox News Digital. (laughs) Wow. No shit. I don't know anything about that. No. He did not respond to any of Fox News Digital's other questions, of course, including the nature and date of a picture he posted on ins- on his Instagram in January 2021 of him and Biden. Conlon, who donated over $10,000 in support of Biden during the 2020 campaign, did not appear to take any part in any part of the meetings. Well, yeah, he wasn't part of the meetings because he only fucking donated 10 grand. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> only the top players get invites. Get the fuck out of here. Conlon then forwarded... Why, why were you there? Do you know that for a No, fact? that's why I wasn't there. I didn't. <laughs> You're all insulted, like 10 grand? Like, come on. <laughs> Need to add another zero to that. Minimum. Okay. Conlon forwarded Gamperl's email to Hunter and Archer, writing, this is why I'm putting up with this carnival. We need to put our heads together on this. Later that morning, Gowie emailed Conlon and RSP, Mercantile Oil and Gas Corporation proposal and appeared to suggest that a meeting with the vice president or his chief of staff would have to occur ASAP in order to access additional bonds worth billions of dollars through their Andre Lesser connection. And, you know, here's just, it goes, it goes on further and further, but it, it just goes to show that how deep these, these fuckers are with insider trading, with backdoor deals, with using power and influence, and it's ridiculous because when you're at that level, you're at the top level. So now you have access to literally everything. You have influence on everything and you're using it for, to make money. So I, they, all of this shit needs to come out with Hunter, not these little fucking pieces here and there. Everything needs to come out 
and he needs to be prosecuted and the whole Biden family that was involved needs to go to jail. It's a whole family. Yeah, good. That's it for that article. My next uh, article is from USA Today. Nice. First Republic Bank seized, sold to J.P. Morgan Chase. Here's what to know. Here's what to know. J.P. Morgan Chase is being investigated for being involved with Epstein and might be held accountable for all the money being transferred. Good. Probably. Uh, regulators seized troubled uh, First Republic Bank early Monday and sold all of its deposits and most of its assets to J.P. Morgan Chase Bank in a bid to head off further banking turmoil in the U.S. Nice. Good job, Biden. Good nice. job. You know, the economy is <laughs> supposed to be doing so great. San Francisco-based First Republic is the third mid-sized bank to fail in two months. Good, good job, Biden. Oh, it wasn't his fault, though. It was, it was because of what Trump did, you know, four or five years ago. <laughs> it, it is the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history behind only Washington Mutual, which collapsed at the height of the 2008 financial crisis and was all also taken over by J.P. Morgan. First Republic has struggled since the March collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. And investors and depositors had grown increasingly worried it uh, it might not survive because of its high amount of uninsured deposits and exposure to low interest rate loans. Okay, so can depositors access their money now? No, J- just in case, <laughs> just in case anybody that that we have as listeners or watching the show use First Republic Bank, which. I don't know if you did because most of these banks that are going under, I've never even heard of. No. And really, who has besides like, you know, and and you know, I don't know. It's probably it's probably all these banks are fucking um laundering money through them. Yeah, that's probably what it is. And it's catching up to them. Yeah. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corp said early Monday that First Republic Bank's 84 branches in eight states. Wow will reopen as branches of J.P. Morgan Chase and Bank and depositors will have full access to all their deposits. Seizure comes before Monday opening bell. Regulators worked through the weekend to find a way forward before U.S. stock markets opened. Markets in many parts of the world were closed for May 1st, holidays uh, Monday. The two markets in Asia that were open in, in Tokyo and Sydney rose. Our government invited us uh, invited us and others to step up, and we did, said Jamie uh, Demin, Dom, Damone, chairman of CEO, J.P. Morgan and Chase. Wow, you guys stepped up. You guys bought out <laughs> another bank so you guys can be richer. Man, good for you guys. Right. How big is the is First Republic Bank? As of April 13th, First Republic Bank, approximately 229 billion in total assets and 104 billion in total deposits the F- fdic said at the end of last year the federal reserve ranked it 14th in size among u.s commercial banks the fdic estimated its deposits insurance fr- uh, fund would take a 13 billion dollar hit from taking first republic into receivership its rescue of silicon valley bank cost the fund a record twenty billion. Jeez. 
Who used First Republic Bank? Great question. (laughs) (laughs) Before Silicon Valley Bank failed, First Republic had banking franchise that was the envy of most of the industry. Its clients, mostly rich and powerful, and Epstein clients, rarely defaulted in their (laughs) loans. (laughs) The bank has made much of the money by making low-cost loans to to the wealthy, which reportedly included Meta Platform CEO Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) (laughs) Flush with deposits from the well-heeled First Republic saw total assets more than double from $102 billion at the end of 2019's first quarter when its full-time workforce was 4,600. Okay. Um, then it goes into the stocks, which whatever. Bank had previous worries. The vast majority of its deposits, like those of Silicon Valley and Signature Bank, were uninsured. That is above the $250,000 limit set by the FDIC and that worried analysts, investors. The First Republic, uh, it, well, if First Republic were to fail, its depositors might not get all their money back. Those fears were crystallized in the bank's recent quarterly results. The bank said depositors pulled more than $100 billion out of the bank during the April crisis. San Francisco-based First Republic said that it was only able to to uh, stench the bleeding after the group of large banks stepped in to save it with $30 billion in uninsured deposits. Since the crisis, First Bank has been looking for, uh, for a way to quickly turn itself around. The bank planned to sell off unprofitable assets, including the low-interest mortgages, that it provided to wealthy clients. Um, it also announced plans to lay off up to a quarter of its workforce, which totaled about 7,200 employees in late 2022. Investors reminded uh, skeptic, um, investors remain skeptical. The bank's executives have taken no questions from investors or analysts since the bank reported its results, causing First Republic stock to sink further. In and it's hard to be profitable, uh, hard to profitably restructure a balance sheet when the firm has to sell off assets quickly uh, and has few bankers to find opportunities for the bank to invest in. It took years for banks like Citigroup or Bank of America to return to profitability after the global financial crisis 15 years ago, and those banks had a benefit of government aid backstop to keep them going. Yeah, because the fucking government bailed them out. So, you know. All right. J- j- don't don't be upset, First Republic, because you didn't get bailed out. <laughs> well, the, you know, I understand, and many people have analyzed it and, and commented on it. Um, not people, but, like, officials. And I've seen it, you know, on the news that there was a lot of mismanagement, and that's why these banks are where they're at. Um, I do think, and I can see that part of it, but I can also see that this is the beginning of the digital currency that they're trying to prove that these banks are unworthy. So here comes in the government to swoop in, be like, Oh, we can protect your money. And you know, we're the government. So we're not going to go bankrupt, even though, uh, June 1st, we're fucked if, if they don't fucking do something. Yeah. Well, a lot of it too, with what these big banks are doing is how they make their money is they spend it by buying, um, I forget what the fuck they buy. 
but they buy them at, at, at a um, low interest rate. Well, the interest rate skyrocketed, so now the the purchases they made don't don't hold the same value, right? And now they're losing money on them. So that has a lot to do with it. They're taking their depositors' money and fucking spending it in horrible, horrible, uh, horrible ways and making horrible decisions. Yeah, I, yeah, that that makes sense. And that just shows, you know, mismanagement. That shows that they they really don't know, you know, what the fuck they're doing. But is that it for that one? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. So my next article is from KATV. Love them. <laughs> so, uh. The article says, Middlebrough, Massachusetts, a 12-year-old middle school student is speaking up after he was said he would, after he said he was sent home from school refusing to remove a shirt that read, there are only two genders. A 12-year-old. They're going to come down on a fucking 12-year-old. Okay. Liam Morrison, a seventh grader at John T. Nichols Middle School in Middlebrough, Massachusetts, told the Middlebrough Public School Board during an April 13th meeting that he had he has he was removed from his gym class a few weeks prior by school staff and told to take off his shirt because people were complaining that it made them feel unsafe because it says there's only two genders you're 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 not you're not safe fucking whiny bitches actually um in his in his speech cuz he went um he went back and talked to them about it um, he said that there was a lot of students that came up to him and supported what he said. Oh, you don't hear about that, though. You don't hear about that. But it goes on to say when he refused, school staff called Morrison's father, who was then forced to come pick him up and take him home, the seventh grader said. Yes, words on a shirt made people feel unsafe. They told me that I wasn't in trouble, but it sure felt like I was, Morrison told the MPS board. I was told that I would need to remove my shirt before I could return to class. When I nicely told them that I didn't want to do that, they called my father. And here goes just your point, and I agree with that. You need to get your kids out of fucking public schools. Like this is well, there, you you didn't say it, but the father agreed with uh, his student, his student, his son's shirt, and um, yeah, gladly came and picked up his his uh, child. Good. The so Morrison said he was told by school staff his shirt was targeting a protected class. A protected class. Who is this protected class? Morrison asked the board. Are their feelings more important than my rights? This is a fucking yeah, this is a that, bright that, kid. Yeah, that board is who he told um, the last statement that I said. What he was talking on the board. Um, also, in that he told the board that he doesn't get offended with all the pride flags and all the you know the the pride sayings that are plastered all over the hallways and right. in the classrooms, right? Because he knows that the other students and the other people in the school have a right to their opinion. Exactly. These are his words, not mine. Right. Morrison told the board that, that what staff was telling him about his shirt, that it was making people around him uncomfortable, happened to be the opposite of the feedback he had been receiving from his peers that day, like you said. Morrison said that not a single student or staff approached him and told him that they were bothered by his T-shirt prior to being pulled out of his gym class. Rather... Morrison insisted several of his peers said they supported his action and they said they wanted a shirt like his too. Fucking great. That would be fucking amazing. 
if they all got shirts and there was just hundreds of kids wearing this fucking this shirt in in school like that'd be that'd be a fucking great statement to the school the middle schooler also spoke to disruptions to his learning that he experienced on a daily basis by other students acting out in class but frequently nothing is done yeah that i we had that going on in school too but why do why do the rules apply to one yet not another morrison asked i feel like these adults were telling me that i wasn't okay, that it wasn't okay for me to have an opposing view Marson said his purpose for bringing this matter to the school board's attention was in hopes they would speak up in support of students' First Amendment rights. The National Desk reached out to both school and district officials for comment and to inquire whether they supported the decisions to send Morrison home from the school for his shirt, but did not receive a response to their publication. Wow. No shit. TND also probed whether... Any disciplinary action would take place against the administrator involved in sending Morrison home. If a response is received, the story will be updated. And that's it for that one. But uh, yeah, but nothing's going to get done. Nothing's going to get done to that official because they're getting they're getting their uh, their agenda paperwork, and that's part of it. Is don't don't oppose us. Probably a bunch of pedophiles on that board. Oh yeah. So my next article is from CNN. Nice. Our pets are part of the climate problem. These tips can help you minimize their ca- carbon paw prints. So this, this is what <laughs> this is what CNN is choosing to report on, okay? See, yeah. All right. This is an example, okay? CNN, our four-legged friends don't drive gas-guzzling SUVs or use energy-sucking appliances. No shit. Wow, CNN, I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> But that doesn't mean they don't have a climate impact. In fact, researchers have showed that pets play a significant role in the climate crisis. And you know what? Real quick, that you touched on this a while back that they're 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 trying to minimize us as as people. Yeah. And this this is one part that you were talking about taking away the pets. Yeah. But what do Barkley and Whiskers have to do with the warming planet? It's the products we buy for them that need a closer look. Oh. Their meat-heavy diet is the biggest contributor to their carbon paw prints, which requires an abundance of energy, land, and water to produce. And the production of pet food emits huge amounts of planet-warming gases. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. According to a study back in 2017, feeding dogs and cats creates the equivalent of around 64 million tons of carbon dioxide in the U.S. each year. That's roughly the same impact as 13.6 million cars on the road. And if if your furry friends formed a separate country, it would rank fifth in global meat consumption behind China, the um, the U.S., Brazil, and Russia, according to UCLA professor and author of the study, Gregory uh, Oaken. So at UCLA, this this is this is what you're wasting the, the fucking school's money on. I was just gonna say that, but don't panic. Bidding farewell to your best friend is not the answer. Great, wasn't, gonna, wasn't gonna happen anyways. Yet. 
Won't happen. I can promise you it won't happen. In addition to all the joy they bring, pets have a measurable positive impact on our physical health and mental well-being. Having a pet in the family is associated with lower stress, fewer heart attacks, lower rates of depression, and increased self-esteem. Our work does not mean we are against keeping pets, said Pim uh, Martins, a professor of sustainable, uh, sustainable development at Marsakit University and someone who has researched the impact of pets on the planet. There are also there are lots of benefits as well. Just be aware of the side effects. Don't give a fuck. Nope. So what's a concerned pet parent to do? Here are some minimizing. Uh, here are some ways to minimize your pet's environmental impact while still caring for your furry friend. Give a fuck what they say. First, <laughs> do an assessment of your pet's diet. First, and most importantly, responsible owners considering making significant changes to their pet's diet should discuss it with their veterinarian to make sure it's right for their animal's needs. I would love to see this conversation. Right. Because most of the time when you switch your pet's diet, they, they're... they're stomach and all that has to adjust to it so they're you know throwing up or whatever and i'd love to see a veterinarian's response in fact if you're a proud owner of a feline you shouldn't even think about switching their diet cats are obligated carnivores they must eat meat according to angela frimberg a veterinarian with vets for climate action okay so I guess there's fucking stupid ass veterinarians out there. <laughs> Dogs on on the other hand are omnivorous and don't necessarily need to have meat every in every meal, let alone sirloin steak. I wholeheartedly want pets to be fed good quality, nutritional, appropriate diet for them, Frimberg said. But for most healthy pets, the trend to feed them premium quality ingredient food goes back to our habit of viewing our pets needs through the lens of what we would like rather than what they actually need or like we should remind ourselves that what is appealing to us doesn't necessarily equate to the actual nutritional quality for the pet frimberg noted there are some new food developments on the market that are worth looking into especially for dogs including bill gates's lab grown meat a twenty a twenty fourteen study found insects are a good and nutritious source of protein for pets. Dude, I'm I'm gonna tell you, like the leftists are all for this. They they want to eat bugs, they want to eat sticks, they want all that shit. You know what? You my 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 dog is gonna be eating better than some of these leftists. Right, and the the whole reason that people are actually feeding them good quality stuff like like they are is to improve the day to day life of yeah. the dog and increase longevity for the dog exactly if you feed them shit that they're gonna last they're, they're gonna live maybe nine ten years yeah and not likely to gross out your companion uh, out unlike humans who would find eating such crit, crit uh critters revolting well that that's part of the agenda you know they they want the humans to eat so they're going to start it with the animals right oh well your dog's eating it Insect-based pet foods can be nutritionally complete um, and are starting to come onto the market around the world, Fremberg said. 
They can also be a solution to some pets that have food allergies and traditional protein sources, good uh, protein sources. The other thing is, great, it's on, it's on the shelves. There's crickets on the shelves in some grocery stores for humans. Right. And of course, only feed them amount of food that your pet needs. They'll be healthier and feel better, too, if they're not overweight. Wow. So glad you told me that. Wow. Cut, cut out waste. While items like toys, bowls, litter, uh, poop bags, and leashes are often necessary for pet, looking at their, their durability, supply chains, and whether they can be recycled is equally as important as the product itself. You really... Jesus Christ. So basically, they're, they're attacking everything you buy for your pet. And, um, you know, I'm not going to read anymore. They tell you to adopt responsibly. Um, general rule is larger pets will have a larger climate impact than smaller ones. So I guess you're supposed to just, uh, when you go adopt, you're just supposed to adopt like a guinea pig or a hamster. Yeah, because they fucking hate sticks and bugs. And you, and, that, you wonder, and you wonder why nobody takes CNN seriously. Right. Okay, this is a perfect fucking example. Exactly. So my next article is from Fox News. Biden administration ignores congressional subpoena for Afghanistan documents for a third time. That was my article. What? Yeah. Let me see. Hold I'm on. I'm just fucking with you. Keep going. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we go. Is we have so weeks? much going on Dude, right is now. is that two weeks in a row? I yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> just so gullible. <laughs> President Biden's administration ignored a congressional subpoena for document, documents related to the botched U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan for the third time on Tuesday. How long ago did that fucking happen? That was that was a while ago. But that was right at the beginning of uh, his. Yeah, it was right after his. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Rep. Mike C- uh, McCall, Republican of Texas, filed the subpoena in his role as a chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Secretary of State Tony Blinken blew past the original deadline to supply the documents in March, then again in April. Then McCall pushed back the deadline. McCall said his latest line in the sand at May 1st, and Blinken again refused to provide the documents. McCall's subpoena seeks a distant, a dissent cable from the U.S. Embassy in uh, Kabul, a document that would have contained any concerns officials said had about Biden's withdrawal plan rather than comply with the subpoena the state department offered to give mccall and his committee a briefing on the documents contest contents mccall accepted the briefing in april but clarified that it did not constitute complying with the subpoena that's fucked up despite the briefing mccall and other republicans on the committee said they said the still had unanswered questions that could only be satisfied by seeing the document itself State Department Principal Deputy Spokesman Vendant Patel argued to reporters on Monday that the DOS believes it has done nothing wrong. Well, then why haven't you proven, why, why haven't you provided that, that documentation? It's because they're trying to fucking hide something. We have, commuted, we have communicated with the House Foreign Affairs Committee with another offer that we believe is sufficient for them to conduct their appropriate oversight duty, he said during a Monday briefing. That has included a written statement, uh, summary of dissent coming out of the embassy in Kabul and others. It also 
involved clo- a closed door classified briefing to the House Foreign Affairs Committee on these topics. He continued. Blinken stated that at a hearing in March that the State Department would never release the dissent cable, arguing that it would do that doing so would risk the authenticity of future cables. <laughs> what the fuck? It is vital to me that we preserve the integrity of the process and of the channel, that we not take any steps that could have a chilling effect on the willingness of others to come forward in the future to express dissenting views on the uh, policies that are being pursued, Blinken testified at the time. The U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan was uh, among the lowest points in Biden's presidency. While the vast majority of Americans supported the decision to leave the country, they also overwhelmingly disapproved of Biden's handling of the operation. That's it for that article. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, one of many red flags that, that was right there in the beginning of his presidency. Oh, yeah. But My next one is uh, from Fox News. Yeah. Biden offers $500,000 grant for English teachers in Pakistan to focus on transgender youth. So that is where your tax money is going. Great. Grant recipients will implement the program for transgender youth ages 13 to 25. They know if you're 25, you're considered youth, but okay. The Biden administration is offering a $500,000 grant to help teach the English language in Pakistan in part by providing intensive professional development courses for Pakistani transgender youth. So they're only focusing on the children that want to transgender, it sounds like, just from that sentence. Of course. The State Department grant said it is aimed at teaching English language skills to uh, Pakistani youth so they can better participate in the global community and prepare them for success in the workplace. Well, you're not going to have a job if you're fucking trans because you're probably going to put your pronouns on the fucking application and nobody's going to call you back. <laughs> the grant aims to reach the that goal by focusing on three key components. One, professional development for English language teachers from non-mainstream institutions. Two, professional development for novice Pakistani English language teachers and three professional development for transgender youth and for Afghan teachers, students, and young professionals residing in Pakistan. The program component that includes a focus on transgender youth accepts proposals from applicants from, uh, for a minimum of $25,000 to a maximum of $75,000 to implement one uh, intensive professional development course for Pakistani transgender youth from the ages of 13 to 25 and two, the intensive professional development course for Afghan teacher students and young professionals residing in Pakistan. These components aim to improve English language communication skills among trainees and connect them to professional alumni network. Participating teachers will share what they learned in these trainings with English language professional colleagues, thereby influencing um, them in the schools and their communities. Interested in applications to the grant program are encouraged to address what is the most effective way to reach the greatest number of Pakistani transgender youth and Afghan teacher students and young professionals from device locations across Pakistan. 
A spokesperson for the State Department told Fox News Digital Digital that the education product from the agency focuses on transgender youth as it often does with other marginalized communities. The spokesperson added that the grant funds will not be used for gender transitions. Yeah, bullshit. In the in this spe- specific grant, the department provides funding for English language uh, learning and in uh, and skills that help unlock educational and employability opportunities for marginalized communities. In the case of transgender youth, the spokesperson said, "The State Department's Human Rights um, Report for Pakistan praises the country's." Um, 2018 Transgender Persons Protection of Rights Act. The report suggests Pakistan police should better prioritize ways to prevent increased levels of violence against transgender people. The report notes public venues in Pakistan were less likely to host transgender events than religious-based anti-LGBTQI plus the rest of the alphabet protests. <laughs> So that wraps up that article. Your fucking money is now going to help transgender kids in another fucking country learn the English language so they can come over here and vote for the pedophile himself. Yeah, because they're trying all all kinds of different tactics because it's not fucking working here. I don't know. That wraps it up. Let's let's take it into your next one, MJ. Come on. All right. This one, this one I'm just going to do a quick mention on. Okay. Uh, quick mention right here. I just saw it. I just saw it. <laughs> kind of ties in with my other article that I that I did. Female high school student scorches school district for allowing biological male students to use girls' bathroom. So the student confronted the school board. Why are we affirming the mental confusion of this boy and putting the safety of women in jeopardy? Oh, and the video she did. Wow, she's getting fired up. She's like, like <laughs> what's she doing again? <laughs> Hold on, she's what's she doing again? Shaking so her everybody, head. Everybody can see that. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> And it's happening in California. It was. It happened in California. Oh, I'm not shocked. I don't even know why you're you're fucking talking about. <laughs> well, because she this this student, yeah, female student is was scolding, scorching, yeah, the school district for allowing biological ma- uh, male students. Into it, the is ma'am. it is ma'am. It is ma'am. But um, yeah, I, I I like I like seeing this. That you know that. Because they're targeting, they're targeting the youth with all this woke bullshit, and it's nice to see that the youth are actually taking a stand against it, which yeah. is fucking great. I, that's that's all. We need to see that tenfold, hundredfold. Yeah. Um, but the they're ne- they're they're doing better than most of these men that say "fuck around and find out." That big bearded man. <laughs> <laughs> so the one that I'm going to dive into is uh, from Fox News. Parents sued for speaking out against sexually explicit books in library. It's disgusting. A pair of New Jersey moms being sued by a school librarian for voicing concerns about sexually explicit schools in in their library. I mean, explicit books in their school library. Said they will not be will not succumb to scare tactics and encouraged other parents to join them in speaking out. Kristen Cobo and Christina Ballastrier of Roxbury, New Jersey, are among the parents at the center of a, de- a defamation suit filed by the school the school librarian at their child children's high school. After the after they spoke out at a board ed, of education meeting about sexually explicit books in the school library, Roxbury High School librarian Roxana Russo Caviano. 
filed a lawsuit against them, arguing that the parents had defamed her by challenging her voice of content and alleging that they had labeled her a child predator and accused her of luring children with pornography. In an interview with Fox News Digital, uh, with Fox News on Thursday, Kobo and Balistre said that they were first raised the issue after discovering that certain books said they amounted to hardcore pornography when were available to students as young as 13 in the school library. At the center of their complaint, the book Gender Queer, a memoir, which has been scrutinized by parents across the United States and has been challenged in various districts for explicitly depicting sexual acts and discussing masturbation. We went straight to the administration, to the school board. We spoke out at month after month that for the first time we brought it to their attention was in August of 2022. I can tell you today, all those books still remain in the library, Kobo said on Jesse Waters' prime time. After months of unanswered pleas to remove the books, the New Jersey mothers contacted the Board of Education and were invited to voice their concerns at the March 6th Roxbury Board of Education meeting. We were arguing that we are in the fight against the sexualization of our children in America and especially in New Jersey. Exactly, Kobo said. And we feel that this content should be not should not be made available to minor children, especially in the school district where our children are quickly rising. And that's what we spoke to. We spoke to the fact that these are our children, nobody else's. And we have the right to direct their upbringing. And those books do not match the morals and values that I teach in my home. And that's exactly it. That's why you need to start homeschooling your kids. Exactly. <laughs> fucking week after week. I like, know, I know, dude. Like, <laughs> just get a fucking shirt made, all right? <laughs> <laughs> that's it for that. Okay, my next article is from Fox Business. Texas bill would slap a $200 annual fee on electric car drivers. Yes. Yes, for it. Maybe I'll shut up all you electric car drivers, but whoa, I'm, sp- I'm saving all this money, but my electric bill is going right through the fucking roof. Environmental and Consumer Protection Group opposes Texas bill that would charge electric vehicle drivers $200 each year. Yeah, they're against it because now people that don't want to buy an electric car, they're going to hear this and be like, why the fuck am I going to do that? Now I'm going to have to pay the fucking loan. I'm going to have to fucking pay the insurance. I'm going to have to pay this annual fee. I'm going to have to pay the taxes each year on the car. Yep. And that's, see, that that was the thing that they did in the beginning is they gave you incentives yeah. to buy those yeah. to, to, to ramp up production. Yeah. Texas electric vehicle drivers could soon be, be required to pay an annual $200 fee to register their vehicles. Good. The, the state legislature on Thursday passed Senate Bill 505 with... Um, <clears throat> with support across the board, spending us sending the bill to governor Greg Abbott's desk for signature, which would make it law in Texas. Republican state Senator Robert Nichols, uh, who sponsored the legislation said an additional electrical electric vehicle fee is necessary because EV drivers don't pay for gas taxes. What the fuck happened there? Uh Oh, Experiencing technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, they don't pay gas taxes then they and, and for fuel in their vehicles. Yeah. Exactly. As more of these vehicles drive on Texas roads, there are concerns about how they contribute to the funding of the roads which they use. Nichols wrote in a statement of intent when filing the bill. Currently, Texas uses 
the gasoline and diesel fuel tax to fund transportation projects. However, with the growing use of EVs, the revenue from the fuel tax is decreasing, which diminishes our ability to fund road improvements for all drivers. Yeah. So now when I drive around in my state and the roads are fucked up, guess who I'm blaming? All these stupid fucks that come up to me and they're like, oh, you're having an EV is great. <laughs> Nick, Nichols added that uh, since EV drivers use the same roads as everyone else, they should be subject to an equalization of, ro- of, uh, of road use consumption amount. The lawmaker explained the bill's proposed uh, purpose in more detail during the Senate Transportation Committee hearing on um, March 22nd. Electric vehicles are a new, uh, are new and shift a new and growing shift in the transportation world. They're a growing part of our system. We recognized some time ago that each time an all electric vehicle does get does get on the road, it displaces gasoline, uh, displaces a gasoline or diesel vehicle that the state highway fund loses money, Nichols said. So the object here is to try to identify how much money do we lose on both state and federal and try to make it up with a fee adjustment. And guess what? That fee adjustment is probably going to continue to go up. The EV fee is opposed to the environmental and consumer protection groups. Consumer reports called the $200 fee punitive, telling lawmakers in a letter that it should be closer to 71 based on their analysis of state gas tax revenues from new gas-powered vehicles. As EVs continue to grow um, in popularity and consumers gain interest in accessing cost-effective technology, states need to consider alternative strategies addressed in the issue of decreasing gas tax revenues to fund roads and highways, said Dylan Jaff. Policy analysts at CR, consumers should not be punished for choosing cleaner, greener car that saves them money on the fuel and maintenance. The fees proposed in the bill will establish an an inequality fee scale for EV owners and will not provide a viable solution to long-term standing issues of road funding revenue. So basically... What this is get, what they're saying is, oh, if you own a gas or diesel car, you're responsible for paying up for all that, not us. <laughs> Luke uh, Metzger, the executive director of environment uh, for Environment Texas, issued a statement criticizing the bill's passage. The Texas legislator is pouring sugar in the tank of electric vehicle revolution. You guys don't have a tank to pour sugar in. Right. This punitive fee <laughs> will make it harder for Texans to afford these clean vehicles, which are so critical to reducing air pollution in Texas, said Matsker. Should Abbott sign this bill, it will go into effect September 1st. Come on, Abbott, sign that bill. Absolutely. That wraps it up for that one. All right, so I just got a couple uh, quick mentions. So, um from Fox News, shock as Biden forgets recent trip to Ireland has to be reminded by a child un- uh, con- cognitively unfit by a mile. Less than two weeks after returning from Ireland, President Joe Biden appeared to forget it was the country, it was the last country he visited until he was rem- reminded by a child on Thursday. Biden visited Ireland in mid-April to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement of 1998, which formally ended decades of violent conflict between Irish Protestants and Catholics. 
While Biden spent much of the trip talking about his family and America's connections with the nation across the Atlantic, the visit seemed to temporarily escape his memory soon after. What was the last country you traveled to? One child asked Biden, taking a tour of, uh, during a Take Your Child to Work Day event at the White House. The last country I've traveled, I'm trying to think of the last one I was in. I, I've been to 89, I've met 89, with 89 heads of state so far. Uh, I'm trying to think, what was the last, where's the last place I was? It's hard to keep track. Um, I was. <laughs> and he was, exactly he was literally, he was literally in Ireland like two days ago when this happened. <laughs> yeah. It just, you know, so that just shows, you know, he's fucking, he, he's out there. He is fucking out there by a mile. Um, and then the, the last thing that I want to, uh, say is, you know, this hurt, this happened late last week. Um, the three soldiers, uh, that died, um, and one was injured, uh, in an army Apache helicopter, uh, collide with midair. They collided in midair while returning home from a training flight in Alaska. Just wanted to give our condolences to the family and, you know, fellow airmen, um, that this tragedy happened. Um, but I did see that they, they grounded what, what, all. What was it? They what? were, they were in the army. Yeah. They, yeah. So they were soldiers, not airmen. Okay. No, you want that. Yeah. I'm just saying you don't want them. You don't want to upset the military community. <laughs> Two helicopters that crashed Thursday near Healy, Alaska were part of the U S army's first battalion, 25th aviation regiment at Fort Wainwright. So I just, it's, you know, Sad and tragic that that happened, but that'll well, be it. Before we wrap it up, I'll uh, throw out two little mentions too. You guys can, if you're listening, you can look these ones up, like the one, the two he said, the two I'm going to drop. Um, this one's from Brybert. Godfather of AI resigns from Google, warns of the danger of artificial intelligence. Uh, renowned AI pioneer Gregory Hinton has quit his job at Google to voice his concerns about the risk associated with generative, um, with AI, the technology behind popular chatbots like ChatGPT and Google Bard. So basically, he doesn't feel like AI is going to be great for humanity at all, and right. he's kind of, kind of feeling bad that he. Uh, explored it and created it to the level it's at right now. But in the article, it also says that if he didn't do it, somebody else was. Right. So, and Elon Musk has, has said many times that they, they need to put a, a cap on, on AI because if, if they go any further, if they keep going down the path that they're going to, it's going to take over. Yeah. And eventually AI and what, what AI is doing right now is making society stupid right now. Cause you can ask them to write a book or fucking a paper and that's what they're handing in. Or like, like yeah. a reel that I did with the, with the AI in uh, Snapchat. Yeah. And, you know, you, you ask them a question and they're going to give you a general answer. And then when you press on, it, it goes more into detail yeah. with that. So in that, that's obviously Snapchat is usually primarily a, a younger person's uh, app. So, you know, go check out that reel on our Instagram. Yeah. And then the last one I'm going to mention is from USA Today. DeSantis signs a law allowing death penalty for child rape to find the U.S. Supreme Court ruling. Great. That's that. That's fucking Absolutely. great. Absolutely. 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has signed into law a measure making child rape subject to the death penalty defying the U.S. Supreme Court ruling. In Florida, we stand for the protection of children. DeSantis said at a Monday press conference in Brevard County, we think that in the worst of the worst cases, the only appropriate punishment is ultimate punishment. Yes. Yes. But in 2008, the U.S. Supreme Court justice issued a 5-4 ruling barring states from imposing the death penalty for rape of children because there's a bunch of pedophiles in there, apparently, five of them, when the crime does not involve a child's death. The group rules that that applying the death penalty in such case would amount to cruel, unusual punishment. Oh, because they they didn't apply cruel, unusual punishment to a fucking child, you fucking idiots. Right. DeSantis, though, uh, has said he thinks the current uh, conservative majority U.S. Supreme Court may be willing to revisit the earlier ruling. We think the decision was wrong. He said in the press conference, the bill sets up a procedure to be able to challenge the precedent, regardless of the signature, means Florida taxpayers who are already paying costs for a high, a a host of legal fights during DeSantis' tenure, look certain to face more. The measure, House Bill 1297, allows the jury by vote at least eight eight to four to recommend the death sentence for sexual battery of children under the age of 12. It goes into effect on October 1st. If it, um, it passed out of the legislature with support from both parties and both chambers, only three Democrats and two Republicans voted against the legislation in the Senate. So what that tells me is they're probably pedophiles. Yep. So that's going to wrap it up for that article. You guys can go into a little more depth because there's more to the article that is on USA Today. And you have anything else you want to add? That's it. Okay. So if you're watching us for the first time or listening to us for the first time, hit that follow or subscribe button on YouTube and Rumble. If you're watching, find it. It's not that hard. And whatever podcast directory you're on. And while you're in your podcast directory or YouTube, leave us a comment. Let us know how you're doing. And on the directories, Fucking leave us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what shows you like. While you're while you're doing that, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at checkers underscore and underscore MJ. You can find us at truth at the underscore realist underscore uncensored. And for you people that are just listening and found out we're on YouTube and Rumble, you can find us at the realist uncensored. That's one word. Type it in the search bar. You'll see our photo. We're using across all social media platforms. Make it easy for you guys. Um, and then click on it, hit that subscribe button. You can also email us at therealistuncensored at gmail.com. That's for uh, future show ideas, just to comment on the show because you're too scared to say you like the show in the comments because um, you don't want your Aunt Karen from the UK to come yell at you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or you can even hit up MJ personally through the email and he'll sell you something he'll he'll assist you on selling something on facebook marketplace he said episodes will be dropping weekly on wednesday and friday so be on the lookout for those and be on the lookout for those monday uh episodes because we got some messages dropping it's not every monday so you gotta be on the lookout and if you'd be subscribed to the show you wouldn't have to look out it would just automatically download download right there mj exactly 
All right. We hope uh, everybody enjoys their day and their weekend.